0: Welcome back to another episode of Be the Flame, where fire and magic meet. I am your host, Amy Barilla. I hope this week finds each of you healthy, wealthy, and wise. I'm very excited to record this episode today because it marks the last episode for season two, and this has been quite a ride and quite a journey And I'm over the moon that we have this opportunity to gather together and share a sacred connection and have sacred space today. This is going to be a wonderful, wonderful ride for all of us. But before I go any further, as you recall, at the beginning of each episode, I want to take you on a short guided grounding exercise. So what I would like to ask all of you right now is to place both of your beautiful feet flat on the ground on the earth Taking a couple moments and closing your eyes, and let's take a couple of nice deep breaths together, inhalation through the nose, exhalation, releasing or blowing it out through the mouth. And now I'd like you to place your hand over your heart. And that beat coming out of the center of your chest, do you know what that is? That is your life force energy. It is your magic and your divine soul purpose. And I want you to remember how powerful each of you are in this moment. And then when you're ready, take another nice deep breath for me in through the nose, release it out through the mouth, and you can open your eyes again. So we're going to do something a little bit different for this episode today. I wanted to have an opportunity where I could have someone share the space with me and ask me anything. Or, as I would like to call it, an AMA episode, an Ask Me Anything episode. And there's no other person on this planet that I would want to share this space with for today's journey than my beautiful friend and producer, Randy Stearns. Hi, Randy. Hi. This is gonna be fun. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. So, when we came up with this idea, how did you feel about that?
1: Uh, I thought it was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it would be fun. Um, And I immediately started thinking of what would we want to know from you? Mm -hmm. That can be scary. (laughs) No. Like, you know, you have some knowledge that I think the rest of us don't necessarily think about or know or we don't have an answer to or we wonder about. And Mm -hmm. I think you have – you're definitive
0: about these things. And so, yeah. Yeah. Inquiring minds want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. And, you know, there are many parts to each of us. You know, we see one part in the office or, you know, in the professional working world. And for someone like myself, who is primarily focused on pediatrics and then mama bears, not all of the stuff that's in our skill set or in our spiritual toolbox always gets revealed. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to share the space and have this Q&A session because it gives me joy and it allows me to reveal other parts of myself that many don't know.
1: Yeah, I really thought about how there's a lot of things that you and I talk about, Mm -hmm. but other people don't hear these things. And so um, just about how things are in the universe. Mm -hmm. And as your director and producer for many years of video and for the podcast, I felt really honored that you would want me to be the person that asked you the questions. Not surprised, but honored.
0: That makes my heart happy. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Thank you.
0: Okay. So we're going to dive in. Okay. And I'm in the hot seat and I'm ready. Okay.
1: So my first question is what happens when we
0: die? Oh, that's a really great question. So these, anything that I'm about to share during our session today is my belief. It's my group of feels and we all can't think alike, right? That's just not possible. And would we really all want to think alike? Life would be pretty boring without that duality. For me, how I feel when our time here on this plane in this dimension is done and we leave our physical body, we return home. And home can mean a lot of different things for people based on belief systems. It could be, you know, the other side. It could be heaven. For me, I say we are going home. I do believe that our time here on earth is a mere stopover. Where we came from, and this makes me really emotional, this, where we came from is such a pure, beautiful place where there is no injury and there is no illness and there is no strife and people aren't pissed off and there's no polarization and we thrive. We thrive in this place because it is where we come from, okay? We return to the source from which we came, It is so beautiful there where there's warm weather every day. And of course, time means nothing there. It is only linear on this dimension. And I feel that once we leave our body and once we go home, we are renewed and restored and we are reunited, not only with our family that was connected through DNA in this lifetime, but from many other subsequent lifetimes, and we are connected to our soul family. And honestly, I think that is so beautiful, yet it is so scary for so many of us. Like, we can only imagine ourselves being here. We can't imagine not living anymore and how scary that is for people to have a death experience. But I imagine it to be all the things that I have seen through my journeying and my astral projection and my dream time adventures that it's beyond beautiful. I find it comforting It's very comforting to think comforting to that me. that's
1: what comes after.
0: Yes, yes. But another thing I want to add about that is that, you know, a lot of um, religion, faith-based people are very worried about the afterlife, if you will, or what happens after we die for fear of judgment. So meaning that if they lived this current life, and they didn't abide by the rules from which we were indoctrinated with as we were growing up, that we are doomed to eternal damnation. As an Italian Catholic raised not only in the church, but indoctrinated in Catholic schools, I never believed that.
1: As a Jew, I never believed that. That's not a Jewish, it's not way, a of Jewish way of anyway. thinking anyway. No, it's right? not a Jewish way of thinking,
0: right? And I never believed that, oh, if I don't put 10 bucks in the collection plate, I'm going to hell, or... If, you know, I swear I'm going to hell or if all these other things, then I'm doomed. Well, and with
1: Judaism, you, um, the most important thing is to be a good person. Mm-hmm. And then for Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement, you get forgiven for your sins every yes. year. If you, if you believe this, I'm not, um, I'm not a follower of any kind of organized religion, even though I was raised pretty religious. But anyway, it's just interesting the different thoughts people have. But I think Jews and Catholics have a lot of guilt. Very similar family guilt. Not so Jews, not so much sexual, but but I know Catholics. Well, that's have. a plus, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, the Catholics have all kind of sexual. Yeah, guilt. I, don't, I don't think Jews really, in general, have that. But still, being a good person is the most important thing, and, and there's no going to hell. That's not a that wasn't a thing.
0: That wasn't a thing. No, you know, true story. When I was in my twenties, my mother said, oh, "We have to stop down to the church rectory one day. I have to, I have to get something from Father." Okay. So we go to the church rectory, and it was an orchestrated pre-planned meeting between my mom and I and our parish priest. And we sat down in the rectory, and basically he said that if I don't start returning to the church and going to mass and living the Catholic way of life, I was going to go to hell. Horrible. And I was distraught, dismayed. I was so pissed off that I stood up and I walked the hell out. And my mother ran out after me, and she tried to backpedal and apologize, and I just couldn't believe it. And here I am, an adult. And you know, in the Catholic Church, once you're confirmed at age 17, you're considered an adult. So I did my due diligence, and I did my duties until I met that sacrament, and then I ran. Now, that doesn't mean that to this day I don't still embrace parts of Catholicism because oh, yeah. my connection to Mary and the Blessed Mother is very strong well, and, and intense. I feel like it's cultural, too. And it is. But do I go to Mass? Hell no. Yeah. Do I think I'm going to hell? No. Okay.
1: So along those same lines, what is a soul contract?
0: Ooh, soul contracts. Those are hot and heavy. So... Here's my perspective on soul contracts. When we're in soul or source energy, we make agreements with certain other souls or individuals that we are going to put up our hand and come back in and have a human experience. And at some point in the journey, our paths are going to cross. So before we get here, we decide together we're going to
1: meet and have this kind of relationship. We're going to
0: have this kind of relationship. Like we're going to be
1: sisters, or we're going to be friends, or we're going or to we're be gonna lovers. Or we're going to be lovers. Yes. Okay.
0: Or, yeah. Yeah. Or we're going to be enemies. Okay, Interesting. people forget about that yeah. part. You know, we think of, here we go, back to the fluff and all that hippy-dippy mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. And no, we can contract with another individual to be enemies. Right. Like they, they love us so much, they're going to teach us yes.
1: this lesson in life. Yes. And be this for us yes. in this life. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, so the hand goes up, we make the agreement, the hand goes up, they pull our slip out of the box and boom, they drop us down here on earth. And we live our lives and all of a sudden, if you've ever met somebody and you've said, oh my God, I feel like I've known you forever, that can be the beginnings of understanding that soul contract, which is pretty wild. Yeah, I love that
1: actually, because when when a relationship ends, to me that felt like or friendship, or whatever it is, that felt like something we decided together before we even got here. So I really love
0: this concept a lot, actually. Correct. But here's the thing to remember with soul contracts, which are different from twin flame or karmic partnerships. Okay, we're kind of talking about a couple of different things here. But in soul contracts, there's also the agreement that we will part ways, but we can also reunite at a different point in time. Mm. All right? And sometimes when that happens, it's because you know both parties have done the healing that needed to be done or maybe one person out of the two did the healing that needed to be done and our paths crossed again and we reconnected. That happens a lot too. Oh yeah, soul contracts are, are really, really intense. They really are. But they can be really beautiful and magical at the same time, which is really kind of cool because we're teaching each other. It's not just one teaching and the other is just the bystander or the observer, we're both in it, hopefully, to learn from the other person.
1: I think it's a hard concept sometimes for people who have had really bad things happen to them because they're like, why would I choose Mm -hmm. to learn that lesson? Why would I choose for this to be what happens to me?
0: Or why do I keep repeating the same lesson? There's that too. Okay, so my answer and my belief on that is because... When you had your last human experience and you returned home, you didn't fully learn what you needed to learn. And a lot of times when you put your hand up again and you come back in in a human body, those things will repeat itself because you didn't do the work that you needed to do previously. So it will be a repetitive cycle for people. That's why you'll always hear people say, I just have the worst luck. Things always go wrong for me. It's been this way my whole life. And a lot of times that's also on, a, on an ancestral level, whereas they're pulling that forward from their history as well, if that was a belief system. Okay, next question. When we reincarnate
1: as a human, can we ever come back as an animal?
0: I do not believe we can. There are other theories and rules of thought that we can reincarnate as animals, but no. I do not believe that to be the case. Yeah, I was surprised when you said that when we were having our own private
1: conversation. So that's why I wanted everyone else to hear it too. Oh, did that surprise you? Yes, because people always say, oh, I want to come back as a dog or I want to come back as a cat or whatever it is, or I'm going to come back as a lion.
0: And I'm like, well, Amy says that's not possible. (laughs) I do not believe that to be true. However, animals will often come back in and... As you know, a renewed pet and will find their um, previous owners. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, which I think is really beautiful. It is. Yeah. What are the Akashic Records? Ooh, the Akashic Records. I love that. This is a great question. The Akashic Records are known as our scroll, our life scroll. So, when we when we have a physical death we will go back home and one of the first rooms on the other side when we return home that we visit is our akashic records room and what happens is, is there's this huge table and i've done this journeying exercise where i actually saw the room and i saw the table and i actually saw the scroll being unrolled or unwrapped, but I wasn't able to see what was on it. And I think that is by divine design. Because do I really want to know what's on my record? I don't. Okay, that's part of the mystery of why we're walking this earth in this current body. I don't want to know all that. However, when I go home, I do want to have that big reveal so that I can learn the lessons that I needed to learn for the shit I did when I was here and why I did that and why I didn't do something else. And I have my soul team or my guides who are there to support me on both sides because probably a lot of that is going to be a little bit traumatic and painful for me. And so they're there as a supportive network and a, and a force field so that they can help me through that. So if you just picture this beautiful room and this beautiful table and there is this scroll and and the ends are, you know, like this beautiful beautiful grain of wood, and it's just unrolled. And that is your life on that scroll. Interesting. Yeah. Can you tell us about cutting karmic cords? Oh, those damn cords get us every time, don't they? So we've talked a lot about this over the years and cutting cords and-, and Or not cutting or them. Or not cu- cutting cords in different schools of thought, whether we do, whether we don't. Or thinning them versus cutting them. Thinning them versus cutting them, Yeah. So everything is made of energy. We already know this. And when we have interactions with people and we have relationships with people, there are energetic threads that go between you and that other person. So, I mean, you and I sitting here right now, we've been in each other's lives going on 13 years, right? We're heading in that direction. We have threads that are between us, right? Definitely. Definitely. And then we have threads with other people and we're just like, you know... Get the hell away from me! You know how how can I distance myself from this individual? And we have to make that decision. Do I really want to cut the cords with this person? And are we okay with the byproducts and the outcome of doing so? Yeah, there are byproducts and outcomes
1: of doing so, which people don't. People are like, just cut the cords. Uh, hold no, on. That hold on. is a sacred process going through that. Well, there's some I think, but we want to know what you think. But do you agree with this? If you cut cords and you aren't supposed to, then it will come up for you to learn that lesson again with someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I do feel that cord cutting is a sacred ritual. I do not take it lightly. I feel it is not for the faint of heart. And you really have to sit with, am I okay with what's going to happen on the other side of it? All right. A lot of times when we cut cords, it will jar and stir a lot of shit in the other person. We may feel empowered, but that other person is going to get really rattled because energetically they're sensing that there's a change or a shift. So we have to be prepared for the byproducts of that. So if that person does get rattled and, you know, they're trying to contact us or they might try and instigate an argument or anything along those lines, are we prepared to handle and deal with that? Do you think um, thinning cords is maybe a better way to go as opposed to cutting them? You know, and I know we've talked about this over the past few months about the act of thinning cords. That doesn't resonate with me. Interesting. Okay. That does not resonate. And, you why know, why doesn't it resonate? Because I it? feel it's an all or nothing. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me just give you an example. If I have a relationship with, with someone and they're a pint, okay, I'm a gallon. I don't want to be an afterthought, and I don't want to be a part-timer, and I don't want to be, you know, when you're lonely and the wind blows, okay? Thinning those cords with that other person only keeps them in your orbit, It's my job to say, I can no longer do this with this other individual. And so thinning the cord is only going to further connect me and cause me potential pain, discomfort, upset. I don't want that. I've had enough of that in my life. So I am making the choice to sever it altogether. But you're saying when you do sever it, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, too, I want to share that the implement which we use to do the cut is whatever you create in your mind or you visualize, you know, sometimes, you know, I've, I've used, you know, the, um, the handheld hedge trimmers, I've used those, those things are shears, right? Those will cut the shit out of something. I've also used the big stainless steel, um, fabric ones. Mm-hmm. I've used a chainsaw, <laughs> right? You know, these things, you can use whatever you want to yeah. help empower you to do the the ritual of cutting those cords. I love that question. What do you think is
1: the best way to protect yourself, energetically, spiritually, Mm -hmm. or best ways?
0: Well, I think it starts when you open your eyes every day. I think we have to, first of all, our eyes open. This is what I do. My eyes pop open, I'm here, I have another day, thank you for this opportunity. And now I want to set the stage and I want to set the intention that every move and every action step that I take throughout my day is grounded, centered, anchored, and protected in brilliant gold, white light. I also use my oils. Okay. That's a great way. Essential oils. My essential oils. Yes. Uh, more specifically, tea tree, because tea tree uh, protects that those parasitic, toxic energies And when you're in an environment where you're dealing with people in crisis, and I'm not talking about pediatrics and mama bears necessarily because there is so much joy and light there, but if you are a care provider, whether to a family member or you're in the healing arts profession and you have your own practice, tea tree oil is a great way to have energetic boundary and protection around you. And of course, the power of intention, mantra, affirmation, and prayer, I do that every day. And... That's important too. And crystals. Oh my gosh, crystals. Yes, I'm wearing my magician's pendant right now from Sage Goddess as we speak. It's beautiful. Thank you. And so is yours. And this is a great way to have an added layer of energetic production is having your crystals on you, most definitely. And in the rooms, within your house, within your office environment. And sage. And sage, yeah. And you know, some people like the liquid sage because you know they might be more sensitive to the smoke. I personally like lighting a bundle on fire. Yeah, I'm thinking about things that you use, like you talk about crystals and you've talked about sage. Yeah, I prefer lighting sage Mm -hmm. and walking around the house or walking around the office and using it that way. And you use Reiki. I do, of course, you know. And I think it's such a part of who I am that I don't use that as the first go-to. I think because the fabric of who I am embodies so many different things. That it's just, um, it's just like, like the back of my hand.
1: Right. And Amy and I are both Reiki masters, and I learned Reiki and became a Reiki master through Amy, just by the way, which I think is cool. So.
0: A million years ago. Yep. Feels like a million years it ago. It does feel like a million <laughs> years ago. How do you clear
1: yourself energetically?
0: Well, salt baths at the end of my day are a wonderful way that I clear the energy off of me. Um, it's also very relaxing and I will use essential oils and crystals and candles as part of that ritual for my self care. Um, also, well, water is so important because it's, it's washing off the emotions. So it's, it's, if I'm showering, I visualize that everything that's happened in the course of my day is literally being removed from my body through this vehicle of water and going down the drain. But when it goes down the drain, I visualize that it's a recycling opportunity. And so all that energy that was ick or non-serving in my day is being renewed so that it's coming back up and it's showering not only me, but many others who can benefit from this renewed energy source. I love doing that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How do you stop doing something you know isn't good for you?
0: Oh, good grief, Charlie Brown. Yeah. Yeah. You whammied me with that one. (laughs) How do you stop doing something that you know is not good for you? That is a journey that's going to have many ups and downs and sideways movements. And I think depending on the individual, and I also want to say depending on their zodiac sign, is going to play a big role. Because for someone like myself who's a Pisces and floats in the sign of water, we are extremely emotional. And we are extremely emotionally attached to things. And disconnection is not easy for us. It's not easy for most people. But for someone like myself who does this body of work and who is so invested and loving and taking care of people, it's a double-edged sword to disconnect and know that it's time to let go of something, right? Because if we let go of something, in my mind, what I think of is, well, what's going to happen after this? right what's going to come after this am i going to be able to disconnect from this because i know damn well it's not good for me and will i still be okay on the other side of it that's the part of what happens in being a double edged sword empathic cuz we're afraid of the future a lot of times i know i've had a lot of fear of my future now not so much you know i'm coming out of the other side of that with the health you know stuff that i've had going on this year but It's hard. Ain't going to lie. It's hard. But we have to do the hard things. We have to do the hard things knowing that I think the pain and the trauma we suffered dealing with that was so detrimental to our overall growth and evolution that I'd rather take that pain and I'd rather burn through that loss because I know that what's going to come of that down the road is going to be 20 times more magical for me. Yeah.
1: What is an attachment and what are the signs that someone has an attachment? Mm. Well, a lot of
0: times... Well, okay, let me first back up. An attachment is an energetic blob, if you will. I I always view attachments as blobs. They're just ugly. They're icky. They're murky. They're sticky. They're mucky. And... They will attach to a person if there has been trauma, which lowers our vibration and creates resistance within the body. So, crappier energy, um, energy that is not of the light, can find its way to an individual and attach itself to us. Okay, attachments can also come from other people because they are sending cords to you that are not of the light there are psychic hooks and barbs and wires that can attach to us that are not of the light and what happens is is when that happens to a person i've had it happen on more than one occasion i've had one time where it literally dropped me to my knees at the office that's how intense it was that there was a psychic attack and people do do that shit i think it's terrible It is. But the unfortunate reality is that it happens every day, all the time, not only to people in my industry and profession, but to people just out and about, the general population, and they're not aware of what that is. Signs and symptoms of that are um, your emotions will change, you have physical pain, and all of a sudden you're getting sick a lot and you don't feel well more often than not, but also you can see it in the eyes. So there's a very distinct characteristic to when there is an attachment to somebody. I can look right at their eyes and be like, oh shit, you know, I gots to go. <laughs> I got to go because this isn't good for me, you know. And then I'm activating extra layers of protection because now my spidey senses are hyper aware and activated. And if I'm noticing what's going on, now I'm getting a read on that individual and I got to go. Do you think it comes
1: out with like anger? Not that it's always anger, because some people like—I mean, I'm a hothead personally. You are, and it has nothing to do yeah, with having an about attachment. You, you what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but some people who don't have that naturally—that's mm-hmm. not normal for them. That would possibly be a sign. That would possibly
0: be a sign. Yes. Or
1: all of a sudden they're having issues with like maybe not
0: wanting to live failure to thrive yes. can potentially happen as well that severe level of depression but you know i want to i want to interject this you know i'm, I'm not making a diagnosis no, no 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 right but we're just trying to say that this these are signs these are potential signs and byproducts yeah
1: i'm i'm curious about it especially because i think a lot of times
0: People don't know that that's happening to them. They don't know what's happening to them. But what what ends up happening is for someone like myself, when I have a, a, a mama bear come in for care and they feel so off and they don't understand why. And then when you start having those sacred dialogues and discussions and you find out what's going on in their life, you can kind of pinpoint that that is possibly going on with them so that we can do the work to clear and heal that. And I'm sure this sounds bizarre and
1: like BS to a lot of people, but we're getting into the nitty Mm -hmm. gritty here. I don't know why you would bother asking Amy questions without asking her these questions because this stuff is very fascinating and different and a lot of people don't talk about it. No. So interesting. Okay. Tell us about the archangels.
0: Mm. I love the archangels. So they, you know, sit beside God or our Creator or our supreme power or being, and they have specific jobs. Okay, they're 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 a grade pay grade above angels, right? And we have Archangel Michael and Archangel Raphael and Archangel Samuel, and we have um, all these beautiful divine beings whom never had a physical incarnation. Okay. That is my belief. They never, they never walked down here. All right. So they don't understand the earth time space reality to the depth and degree that we do. However, they are employed with a variety of jobs to help us crazy ass humans down here. If we ask, if we ask and we thank them and we, oh yeah, you got to have gratitude. You know, their intercession comes from us giving them permission. Okay. And the most common one is Archangel Michael. We know he is the angel who protects us and defends us from the forces of evil and from going into, you know, he goes into battle. He is our top defender. What I want to add about working with Archangel Michael is that his sword will not be passed on to another unless you ask. Okay. So he carries the big sword, he's great. To, to have in a time of need when we need to cut cords or when we need to thin cords, if you will, if that's what you believe in, although I don't. But if you do, you can use him for that. But also for that protector, that divine protector. I have a beautiful, big statue of Archangel Michael at home. And, you know, I look at him every day with such deep gratitude. Yeah. But it's important that sword is not passed unless we ask permission. What do you mean? So if he carries the sword and we want him to help, you know, us in battle, okay? We have to say, "May I use that sword to empower myself during my time of need." Yeah, okay, here you go, babe. And here comes the sword, right? But when we return it to him, we must return it to him with the deepest and utmost gratitude for his intercession and his help and assistance. How do loved ones from the other side contact us? Well, for me, it's in dream time. So I will visit with my dad all the time in in dream state, which is so magical and so beautiful. And you know, my dad has been on the other side. It'll be seven years next month on September 8th. And it took less than a week after he left his body for him to come to me in dream time. And it was wonderful. And um, I know I was just sharing this with you a few days ago this week in our in our thread that I, you know I, I saw my dad last night in dream time and it was so great and we just gave each other the biggest hug, probably the biggest hug in the seven years that you know he's been physically gone. So dreams are a big one through song, through um, seeing a car on the road. Right? My dad was a big Chevy man. So if I see these old, restored Chevys and it happens to be blue, I know that's my dad. Coins, feathers, scent or aroma, those are the big ones. And also, too, I want to add that, you know, there have been times that I've had a conversation with someone, whether it be a stranger or someone I know, and they happen to make a remark, which is something that a loved one of mine would have said. So I know that uh, they're stepping through to share the space and and let us know I'm still here. It's very, very hard when we grieve to imagine that our loved ones have not gone any far at all. And I would probably say after seven years, that's true for me too. Mm, that makes me emotional. But I'm grateful for the opportunities to connect with him through dreamtime i'm i'm grateful for um the the coins on the ground because my dad always said it pays to look down and he was right so those are some of the the main ways that we connect with our loved ones as a spiritual
1: person mm-hmm. what is it like to have cancer and to have had a stroke
0: well number 1 it sucks <laughs> You know, being spiritual doesn't take away the sucky, shitty aspects of of medical situations. Of course. Okay? I think that it put me in a position to really further question my own mortality, right? You know, hey, I'm invincible. I'm going to fucking live forever. And then, oop, bitch, we're going to give you cancer. And then, you know, outside of that, a year and a half later, we're going to try and take you down with a stroke. And- I think I really questioned, you know, is this it? Am I still supposed to be here? Am I still supposed to do all this? And after the dust settles, I can say unequivocally without a doubt, yes, I still have work to do. Yes, what I'm doing is necessary and needed and vital and critical. And yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. But it does suck. I think that there's a big misconception that Spiritual people can only maneuver and manage and get through certain situations with only their spirituality. And you have to have the human side of it come through too. Ugh. I mean, there's no other way around it. Do you feel like part
1: of what's happened too is you what you've learned on your journey could help other people?
0: Absolutely. You know but i'm i'm feisty and tenacious on that side of it too you know i i know that not everybody's journey is the same and how i come across and how i share the experience may not be for everyone else or for someone else and i honor and respect that because you know I, you know, I didn't lose my hair. Oh, you look great. Okay, you, did, you still have your hair. Yeah, well, people with cancer can still have their hair and have chemotherapy. Or, wow, you had a stroke. You'd never know that. You look really great and amazing. Well, thank you, but you also don't know what's happening in my brain because it was scrambled from a lack of oxygen. <laughs> okay? And so spirituality did help me, but I also had to go into that dark place. I had to. I didn't want to, but I had to, and you know, I'm glad I did because. Well, I want people to know you're not immune,
1: no. right? We're not immune just because we Jeez. just because we're devout in some way, or we, or we're a spiritual person versus a religious person. It could happen to any of us.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know, I I shared something yesterday um, on my Instagram feed, and I had a wonderful reply from a gal in Southern California, and she she read what i had been going through yet she diminished what she was going through and i think a lot of times people do that where they're like well i mean my shit isn't nearly as intense as yours so i should really get it together pain because is pain it doesn't pain pain work like is that pain yeah. it does not work like that exactly and you know my response to her was babe look we're all on this journey together and what i'm going through is no more intense than what you're going through, because we're all walking it together. But the importance is we can share the space together and we can uplift and support each other. That's the desired outcome for me. And that if somebody could, could look at what I've been through and extract a grain from the words and the energy that I share with all of you, then it's worth its weight and gold to me. Well, we would hope it would inspire people, but
1: sometimes people allow themselves to feel worse as Mm. opposed to feeling better. Yes. You know, but if ever someone can look at someone else
0: and say, well, if they could do that, so could I. Yeah. That's the hope. Yeah. Or, you know, that sharing the information and sharing the stories, while they may not be identical... Is allowing that person on the other end hearing me or seeing me to feel seen, to feel heard, to feel nurtured and supported. And from day one of doing Be the Flame, from the very first season, that was very important not only to me but to all of us, to the three of us as a team, is that it gets pumped out there and pushed out there so people can feel that connection. And I think that having cancer and then having a stroke, I think that has um, strengthened those Bonds for me even more is is having that that connection with the other people in our audience, you know, people we know and people we don't know. That's what it's about. Amen
1: to that. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Do you think being honest is important?
0: Fuck yeah, <laughs> that's important. <laughs> I mean, are we talking honesty and transparency? What are we What are we talking All about of it. here? All of it, absolutely, right. That's it's part of our authenticity, right? That's part of what keeps shit real, and that can be hard. That can be real hard, you know. Honesty again is a is a double edged sword, but I guess I'd rather be pissed off by knowing the truth than having shit sugar coated to save to save the feels. And that ain't easy sometimes. No. No. That's part of our authenticity. What's the secret to life? Be a badass bitch <laughs> is the secret to life. That would be, that's like, I don't disagree with that. Right. You know? Well, um, that may not
1: help somebody who's, who's a man, but the male version of that. Well, men could be badasses
0: too. Of course. This is not gender specific. Uh, you know, of it was, of course, the, bitch. It was uh, the bitch. Okay, part. well, men could be a bitch too. That's true. I've seen that, that on more true. than one occasion. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the secret to life is um number one, having a deep, profound sense of gratitude for having it. Okay, having life, having life. Yeah, having this breath, this this heartbeat, this body. Okay, we've got to have deep gratitude, profound gratitude for that. And also um, being okay, uh, knowing that we don't know everything. I don't want to know everything. And spiritual people who claim to be gurus, you know, stand the hell over there. Okay. I don't want to be a guru. I don't even like that word. I don't even like, you know, learn to be your own guru. That doesn't jive and resonate for me. That's such a weird word to me too. It's an extremely weird word. I think this life is magical and mysterious and full of love and full of pain and full of heartache, but full of fire and full of healing and full of joy and tacos and chicken parm and amaretto sours with four cherries (laughs) and going to Denny's and laughing and being stupid. (laughs) I think it's all those things. Those are the secrets to life and being you and letting the world see you. And what you love, see which is you.
1: your Amrata Sours and your Denny's. Yeah, it's yeah. all
0: part of who I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, people might think I'm crazy. I don't really care anymore what they think. I've had to work hard to get to where I am, and I know there's more work to come. But if I look back, even over the past six months, you know, six months to a year, I'm not the same person that I was then. And that's the point, isn't it? I mean, I would like to think that, and I'd like to have that hope for all of us. And for some people, it might take a little longer, and for some people, they might not ever get it in this lifetime, and that's okay, too. So those are my questions. I could keep asking questions,
1: but these were the main ones. And when you asked me to do this AMA, or a yeah, yeah, AMA, I was excited because there are so many things along the years that I have asked you about and your answers are so fascinating and interesting and I often agree with your take on things and I wanted the audience to be able to hear these things. You know, we watch you and we hear your wise words and your take on everything, but this goes even deeper and I think that's really cool for them to see what's underneath all of that and what your thoughts are Yeah. On- universe and why and how and yeah, all very interesting. So thank you for asking me to come on and ask you these questions. It was
0: fabulous. I really enjoyed it. And I super duper loved it too. And I'm equally grateful and want to thank you for um, you know, throwing these questions out at me. yeah and and you know I do I walk around with a lot of things and I know over the course of time you and I would have conversations and I I would I would respond to you saying something and I was pulling from that channel place, you know, and you're like, huh? <laughs>
1: Uh, that happens a lot. Where I'm like,
0: "What? What are you talking about? What does <laughs> and, that mean?" And I have to, I have to, you know, flip a switch and I'm be like, "Oh, you know," because it's just sometimes—not all the time—but there are times where I am talking and I'm sharing stuff, and I have to remember that not every single person is going to get what I'm saying. It's like,
1: can you talk to us humans down here on Earth,
0: please, <laughs> so we can understand what you're saying? And I truly do not mean to do that. It's just that in that moment when you're in that space, something else is is literally guiding you, talking through you, moving through you, merging with you. And yeah, like all of a sudden the dialogue changes. But I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, you know, sharing all these great questions, for asking me all the things that were on your mind and all the stuff that goes on, well, some of the stuff that goes on in my brain every day. This was wonderful. It was wonderful. And this being the last episode in season two is phenomenal because, you know, just uh, several short weeks ago, I was, you know, in ICU recovering from experiencing a stroke. And, you know, there was some doubt whether this season would even come to completion. And it was imperative that I don't care what I had to do, what it was going to take from me, where I had to pull from with inside of me, but we were going to complete the season. Yeah. You have, I commend you for the tenacity and the motivation
1: to finish under those circumstances.
0: And, you know, just a side note that I want to share with all of you is that I really feel so, so much better. I mean, Oh, all that embodiment, the clinical term of after experiencing a stroke and, and your brain is scrambled from that lack of oxygen and your your emotions are all over the place. And I was an angry little bitch. I don't care. I was angry. I mean, I was ready to put people in trunks and, you know, put myself in a trunk and just, you know, do a Thelma and Louise somewhere out in Lake Mead. Um, And you know i did not want to be that way that was very difficult for me to have that overwhelming sense of angst and anger and fury because that's not me i mean no, yeah i'm i'm not. i'm feisty and fiery but i'm not an angry person and i was very scared that this was going to be a long lasting set of feels that i was going to have to go through and walk through but I do feel so much better. I received some amazing news yesterday that I can press sacred pause on chemotherapy for a while. So, you know, it's all coming together. That's incredible news. Yeah. I'm really, I'm thrilled to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. I was super thrilled to hear it. And my latte tasted so damn good yesterday (laughs) when I strutted my happy ass out of Southern Hills Hospital, you know, slapped in glitter all over my chest where my port is. And I was like, damn, it's an extra great day, you know? And 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 so I want to thank you. You are my director and my producer, and you put up with my shit. And you know, you listen to me n- misname actors and <laughs> not know, anymore. Which, not anymore. Not since the stroke, right? True story. Before I had a stroke, and we'd be talking about movies or anything, and I'd be like, "Oh, that was Meryl Streep," and she's like, "No, nah, that was Kate Beckinsdale." I never got an actor or actress right in a movie. She never did. Never That's did. True. Had a stroke and bam, I am on fire. I can name actors and actresses like nobody's business. It's true. And so, if there was any positive outcome <laughs> from a lack of oxygen in my brain, I now can recite actors without a problem. I enjoy
1: this new attribute. Well, thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I want to thank you. You're my director and producer, but you know, at the end of the day, That's all fine and dandy for all the years that we've been doing this together, but you are my friend and you are- We were friends first. We were friends first. Yes. You are a huge part of my heart, and you know this, that I love you deeply and eternally. And um, you know our connection is so wonderful. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, right? And I also want to extend my heartfelt thanks and gratitude to Jackson Rose. He is not only um, my editor and director of photography, but he's also- the brains behind all the sound and engineering behind this series as we know it as be the flame where fire and magic me. And again, here's another human who, you know, has to listen to me know all the wrong actors <laughs> and say crazy weird shit. And he just looks at me like, Okay. Team <laughs> it's a team effort. It is a team effort. And I think for the past, you know, seven years that we've been doing this. You know, we've grown and evolved as a team and as individuals, and that's where the magic lies. I agree. That's where the magic lies. So, lucky to have found
1: each other to do this work together. I do feel that way.
0: Yeah. Now, now that's a soul contract, right? Going back to your question. That is. And we
1: have a weird connection, too, because I went to high school with someone named Jennifer Reeves, who Mm -hmm. is considered the darling of the experimental film world. Mm -hmm. And we are still very good friends to this day and have done. Um, worked on a project called The Time We Held Together, which won a bunch of awards. And her brother-in-law um, works here in Las Vegas and has his own film company. Mm-hmm. And um, you happened to be working with him and yes. had me come on as a guest for a show you were doing at that time. And he huh. and I got to talk and I didn't know who he was at all because I, I hadn't made the connection. And when he, I mentioned, somehow I mentioned Jen Reeves. And he's like, that's my sister-in-law. So you and I, even though you grew up in New York and I grew up in Ohio, Mm -hmm. we were connected Mm -hmm. on this huge level, Mm -hmm. which was amazing. I don't even know, I can barely wrap my head around it. I don't even know if it's making sense as I'm saying it, but yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what's the area code in Akron? Well, when I was a kid, it was 216, but now it's Three, three, zero.
0: Okay, so the 330 to the 518, you know, because that is my area code from being from upstate New York's Connectity. So, yeah, we were connected before we were connected. That's right. Isn't that magical in itself? Yeah. Very. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so thank you to these two amazing humans who walked this journey with me. I am feeling so much better. And I want to thank everyone who showered me with so much love and support, not only through this series, but following me on social media, whether you you know me personally or not, it means so much to have that um, love and healing vibration sent my way. And I always say to everyone that I return it to you infinite fold, not tenfold, but infinite fold. It's a constant loop just circulating, you know, between us. And so we did it. We did another season. And season two is now complete, but season three is going to be starting very, very soon. And we're going to do something different. We're going to have different different things happening in the next season. I'm not going to reveal it all. That'll be a little secret. But I can tell you that we are going to continue this magic, which I cannot wait. And I find it hard to believe that we're going to be in a third season. It seems like yesterday we just did the first one. You know, wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yeah. went fast. And typically at the end of each episode, I would do the crystal wisdom corner and then do our feet to the fire by pulling or selecting a card from my everyday affirmations deck. But I wanted to do something different today. And I didn't want to pick a specific crystal because I want to remind everybody listening that we are made of all that crystal, crystalline magic and matter And we are made of stardust to boot, okay? So we embody all the tools and all the wisdom and all the medicine from the stars and from these beautiful treasures that we pull from the earth. And I think when we start walking around reminding ourselves of that, that's how we really ignite and activate our fire and our power even more. So there's no specific crystal today and there's no specific card But I do want to share a group collective message and remind everybody that your magic is non-negotiable, okay? Our magic is something that is divinely orchestrated. It is as unique as a fingerprint because we know that no two fingerprints in the world are alike, right? Well, your magic is unique and divine to you and to you alone. It's not like anybody else roaming around the planet, All right. And when I say it's non-negotiable, there is nobody else on this planet who should question your fire, your power, your beauty, your brilliance, your badassery, or the sexy bitch that you are, or the sexy dude or man that you are. Okay. They don't have that right. They don't have the power. It's never on the table for negotiation. So your group collective message for this final episode in season two is... My magic is non-negotiable." I love that. I love that so much. And I like saying it to people as a reminder. And that uh, that not only goes for someone else out there trying to squash your fire or your magic, but that's the inner dialogue as well. Because when we get hung up in that loop, we will question not only our sanity, but our own magic as well. I've done it a lot. And I have to remind myself, no, bitch, it's non-negotiable. I am full of magic. You are. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so are you. So are you, okay? I am. I am. That's right, two of the most powerful words, I am. Can either make or break us. It can either lift us up or it can drop us down depending on what follows it, right? So remember that. So that is my closing message for each of you. Um, As a reminder, I would love to connect, right? Connection is really important to me and there are a few ways that we can do that. You can find me on my main website, which is amybarilla.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram and my handle on that page is amybarillapediatrics. You'll see a lot of the work that I'm doing with the kids and the mama bears in the office and you'll see my other antics as well in my everyday world it's a way that we can connect with one another. It's a way that you can get to know a little bit more about me. And, you know, of course, any emails or comments or questions that you'd like to send, I would absolutely love to hear from you. And my email is amy at And so I love you. I love each of you. I see you in all ways, all ways. Remember, we can do hard things. We do hard things every damn day. And when we do the hard things, we can still sizzle, we can still shine, we're still beautiful, brilliant, and sexy, and our magic is always, always non-negotiable. So until we kick off season three and we gather together next time, I am closing out this sacred space between all of us. I love you, and I will see you all again real soon. Namaste.